Everybody, we are back with a. Um, do we have a break? We had like a week break, I think. It's been so busy the past few weeks. Yeah, yeah, it was. I, a week. Yeah, maybe we had a break. Uh, but we're back with Laverne and Emily. Hi, guys. Hello. Hi. <laughs> There's hesitation there from Emily. She's not spoken yet today. <laughs> Got up nice, fresh and early today. Um, but yeah, we're back with a kind of like a special episode on London Film Festival this year, um, which all three of us attended. <laughs> Does it feel like we attended? I don't know if it did. It feels like a um, obscure experience now, doesn't it really, guys? Yeah. And it's still it's, happening. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it was so anticipated and it's just like flashed by. It really has. I think it's all like the 6.30am queues that have just kind of wiped people's memories. Into yeah, because I mean, it is technically still happening, but will I be at the Royal Festival Hall at 8.30am to see the tragedy of Macbeth tomorrow? All signs point to no. So for me... <laughs> <laughs> on the lord's on the lord's day i just don't yeah i just don't get that but yeah that was a big thing this year like particularly with like press and industry which the three of us very fortunately are part of well fortunately it's probably not the word we felt sometimes is that the screeners were on very early which is very normal for a festival however <laughs> what was not normal was the queues at 6 30 a.m which i know you guys saw because it was all over twitter yeah, I so this was my first one as an industry person, um, rather than like buying my tickets, and so I just I remember when I saw the initial list came out and I highlighted like three films <laughs> a day. I was like, yeah, this is going to be amazing. And on day one, so my company had a premiere on that day, so I couldn't go on day one. I remember just going on Twitter and being like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, this is what it's going to be. You know, they explicitly said half an hour only queue half an hour before oh no 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 one was actually adhering to that rule and I was just like okay this is going to be a lot harder these next 10 days than I thought um so that was that was a big wake-up call <laughs> it was just to make it many early ones <laughs> didn't do it <laughs> well Emily and I we went to see well <laughs> big theme of this podcast is how to say this bloody film's name <laughs> Titan <laughs> Yeah, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. Um, so we went to see Titan together and I got there an hour before the film had started um, just because that's the way the trains had worked out. And there was maybe three people hanging around, not queuing, hanging around, one of whom was Edgar Wright. Hello. <laughs> I just thought, wow, this is just a classic film festival. And then we, you turned up, Emily, and you were like, well, let's just go get a coffee because like no one's queuing, so it'll be fine. So we went and got a coffee, come back, and there was a queue, a big queue. So we joined the queue. And then once we got into the building, they were like, oh, by the way, we're operating at 75% capacity. So if you're at the back end of the queue, you're not getting in. And I just thought, wow. <laughs> what do you do after that? Like, because when you schedule your day to see like a two, two and a bit, two, uh, two and a bit hour film, what, what, where would you go? <laughs> we had to go back to Waterloo Station to get a coffee because nothing on South Bank was open because it was too bloody early. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know what you'd do. Just, like look at yeah. over. <laughs> Just sit outside like rocking back and forth and then obviously other occasions where we had to queue I think the next day I went when I went to go see uh, Boiling Point I think it was I was quite near the front of the queue 
you know, being eager. Um, but seven people walked up to the front of the queue and tried to open the door whilst there was people queuing. And I just thought, and they didn't, just to clarify, they didn't work at the building. They weren't the director. They were not Edgar Wright. And I don't understand what they thought was going to happen. And in the end, I said to the guys around me, like, are we being thick? Or like, why are people trying to cut in the queue from the very front? <laughs> um, but yeah, there's lots of drives about the queues. There's been people on Twitter, you know, that I've heard of arguments. I've heard of shouting. I've heard of people accusing people of trying to queue jump when all they've been doing is actually walking past and saying hello. Um, I've heard of people spoiling films that they've already seen in the queue for other people that haven't seen the films yet. Um, one of which I witnessed, <laughs> luckily I'd just seen the film they were talking about. And in general, it was just not accessible. Like for me, I'm seven months pregnant. I couldn't queue up for two hours. So I had to get in touch with them and very, very thankfully they were very good about it. But you just, you just think like, what if it was like terrible weather? Like raining, snow, that's all the terrible weather I know. <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 not very accessible. And it's not very enjoyable either. You'd be bloody knackered. I nearly fell asleep during some of the films just from being up so bloody early. <laughs> oh dear. Um, but yeah, that was kind of like the vibes of the press side. But there were many other issues this year. Obviously, James Bond came out and... That mean that meant that they weren't able to use the normal cinemas they use in Leicester Square. They weren't able to have the, the kind of galas and premieres in Leicester Square. So it was all moved over to South Bank, which isn't too far away, but is still quite a a hike, really, isn't it? From central London to like the other side of the river. You got across a bridge. <laughs> to cross a bridge. Um, like Spice Girls, you know, it's very um, yeah, intense. But also there wasn't kind of like a hub this year either. There wasn't somewhere where you could kind of like go. And that was where all the festival activity was happening. It was very much all dotted around Leicester Square, South Bank, Soho, Mayfair as Mayfair. well. I had, to go to, I had to go to Mayfair at one point. Did not the feel like a belong. was that alleyway down the side of the view in Leicester Square. <laughs> where well, everyone bad. was just queuing. <laughs> that um, was the hub. <laughs> but just in general, it just felt like there was a lot of disorganization it was bizarre like film a lot of films started very late I went to one screening where it started 30 minutes late and because of that <laughs> so usually obviously with a festival one of the big things is that you get to do a and a with the directors afterwards because it's a great way to kind of get to know the film a bit better and feel part of the experience and at one of the screenings they were like yeah so if you have any questions for the director you can meet them outside <laughs> and talk to them at the front of the building and then at the end of the film like the credits come on and the lights it was so quick and they were like right everyone get out the fire exit door please because we've got another film starting in a few minutes it was intense but yeah there was obviously a lot of other things obviously ballots were happening so you could enter ballots to win tickets to see films and the kind of general rule was that they tell you before the day before before 9 p.m so you can obviously make arrangements however they started telling people 30 minutes before the film started. And obviously, if you were in Mayfair or South Bank or Soho and your film wasn't, you had to get to the other film. In th it was like Russia. It was like, no, well, it wasn't like Russia. It was like gone in 60 seconds. I felt like Nicolas Cage and blonde Angelina Jolie trying to get around London. So... <laughs> But yeah, that was that was kind of that side of things. And I know that's obviously some of my friends have films in the festival this year. Laverne, obviously you work for a production company as well. Um, and yeah, there's just been a lot of miscommunication, hasn't there? What do you guys think it's from? 
it can't uh, just be Bond. Like, come on. Yeah, I, I I want to do that thing where I was like, well, maybe it was a pandemic. But then I'm just like, well, I don't really know if that's like a suitable excuse. Um, if anything, you had longer <laughs> to, to, to plan it. So maybe that isn't the excuse. But um, no, from like uh, between us at, at Rian Pictures, between, you know, certain people that I have within the network, everyone kind of has the same sentiment that it was kind of just like, wow, this was this was too much like this was a lot and the um the main thing for me was the um the the travel I don't mind hopping on a tube I don't mind but when you've got like an interview with a director in Mayfair but then you also want to get to that screen in in West End Leicester like Leicester Square you're it's just not feasible it's not going to happen even if you got a bloody helicopter you're not going to get there (laughs) in time and I think that's probably what it was just how stretched out it all was and Mm. the the premiere is happening at um, South Bank. They looked great. So the outside carpet, like they had a lot more space. So they, it was nice. But the um, the hall, it's it's for theatre. It, it's a theatre hall. And so I found that whenever I saw a film there, I was just very much aware I was in a, a, a theatre. The, the sound wasn't as great. The, the colouring wasn't as great. And I don't, I never noticed things like that. So I think it was just a thing of just like so much yeah like miscommunication disorganization but overall like it has been a lot of fun and you know I always love to see films but it just felt a bit like scatty. Emily would you say the same? Yeah I mean I don't really have anything to compare it to because I had press accreditation last year but it was obviously all online and then that was my first year so um this is my this was my first year in the flesh so it wasn't quite what I was expecting I'm not gonna (laughs) lie. But yeah, I don't I don't really know what the what the excuse would be. I think the thing that made it annoying was that they were charging so much this year um, for press and industry. Um, so you kind of feel a bit more of an expectation to be given something <laughs> for your money. Um, so I feel like people were let down um, with that regard. Because if it was free, you can kind of be like, eh, well, I'm not paying any money. I'll deal with I'll deal with this inconvenience but um I think yeah it's a bit of a bit of a piss take <laughs> if I'm allowed to say that and I noticed as well is that like you said they were charging quite a lot of money for galas as well and then the cast didn't turn up and you had like this kind of zoom introduction from like Wes Anderson Will Smith and like they they weren't there. Like the big thing about the galas um, is that you know you pay a, a little bit more money than you normally would for a ticket in London because you'll see like the director, the crew, but then like nobody turned up. And you had like I dare, dare I say this secondary cast members. So yeah, it was a bit <laughs> just just a bit strange. But yeah, and then you had that weird situation where Liam Payne was at the premiere of Ron's Gone Wrong. And then he just left, and I don't know. It's it's all it's all quite bizarre, isn't it? To be honest, because a lot of the big stars of the big films that we're going to discuss today, they weren't there. At least Beyonce was there, though. She was, and thank and God, and Alicia Dixon. Can we please not forget? Don't forget Alicia Dixon. <laughs> the boy does nothing. 
the void is nothing. Yeah, we're going to come back to that because that was very, very strange and bizarre. But yeah, a lot, lot happening this year. A lot, a lot of disappointment. I think a lot of anger. A lot of, a lot of bad situations as well. I've seen a lot of women, particularly in the press, who have had you know misogynistic comments said against them. People cutting in. People not taking them seriously. I mean, I experienced being shoved myself, and someone making a comment about like, oh, why is she pushing in? And I was at that point, I was done. I was just like, because I can. Just to clarify, I was not pushing in. I was on the guest list. But yeah, I think just in general. It was very, there was a bit of a toxic vibe to it. And I think that must say quite a lot actually about the press industry itself. But I think for the festival as well, maybe monitor those press accreditation applications and maybe think, have we got an equal footing here? Because the majority of the screens I sat in, it was full of white men. And I thought if this is all the critics that you are going to get to talk about this film, that's one, it is one opinion, let's be honest. Like it's one story, it's one kind of, you know, experience. And I, I went went to go see um which we were talking about. I went to see True Things, which was pretty much in like a female-led story about being in a toxic relationship. And it was like three men afterwards that were like, Yeah, I didn't really get it. And I just thought, yeah, because you wouldn't. <laughs> like you can probably say the film looks nice or you know feels nice, has a good structure, but you won't get it emotionally because you haven't lived that. But yeah, anyway, let's talk about the film, shall we? <laughs> So between the three of us, we did see quite a lot, nearly 30 films, and some of the other team members of Rian Pictures have seen some as well, so we'll kind of include them. But we're going to start with the galas, the galas, which which were a bit of a mix, to be honest. Um, some were available across the UK as well. But we're going to start with Benedetta, or Benedetta, Benedetta. Benedetta. So this... This was the one that in America it had the um like a Christian standing outside with like placards, didn't they? Like, don't see the lesbian nun movie. Um, <laughs> it's great now you can be like, which one? <laughs> um so yeah, Benedita, it's a psychosexual melodrama about Catholic mystic and lesbian sister Benedita Carlini. Um Laverne, you saw this. Yeah. How was yeah. it? It was interesting I, I that's probably like my first thought I didn't read the synopsis I didn't actually know what I was going into I'd heard about the controversy and I'm not religious but I can kind of understand the controversy after seeing okay. it it is so like I, I don't even know the word to describe it like yeah there is sex there's Jesus Christ there's Jesus Christ killing people there's people stabbing people like it is okay. like it's just nutty the whole film the whole experience you're just like you have no idea what's going to happen next at no point do you know what's going to happen next and it was very wow. funny it was very funny I would say it was more of a comedy film than a drama it was what it had the honestly it had the audience rolling with laughter I'd say like every 10 minutes like it was very funny and it was just like yeah it was just so surreal um so yeah it's about this nun that devotes her life to to God and to the uh to the nunnery the con convent like that's what she does she goes there from a young age and now she's ma maybe about 30 35 and a young uh girl comes in and yeah and they have this like love affair and because she kind of knows that that's not allowed Jesus is part of her she sees visions of Jesus and she basically convinces the entire Italian town that she's the second coming <laughs> second coming of Christ um I like it I like it yeah Old. You know, as you do um, But yeah, there was, there was just so many funny references And it was just weird It's not one you watch again and again and again You watch it okay. once and you kind of go Ah, okay, okay, that happens I was, 
I was not expecting you to say it was funny. <laughs> I can tell you that for now. <laughs> I was expecting weird. I was expecting strange. Um, but yeah, what I did like is that during a lot of the reviews I've seen, people referring him to Hunky Christ. Is he got yeah. a little bit of a okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's 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 literally shown as a bit of a sex symbol in there. He's more of a sex symbol than you know Jesus Christ himself. Well, I'm glad to hear that you know make Jesus sexy again is the <laughs> one thing I didn't have on my 2021 bingo card. <laughs> Another card that we had was the French Dispatch, which was um, probably one of my most anticipated films of the year uh, from Wes Anderson. Um, you guys didn't see this yet, did you? No, no, not seen it yet. No, um, no I couldn't get there in time. The trains didn't <laughs> run early enough on a Sunday, so I was like, "Well, I'm not seeing that then." <laughs> oh gosh, eight eight a.m. I went to see this. Jesus, um, it's very much what you'd expect with Wes Anderson. And I feel like if you are a fan of his films, you're going to go for that kind of structure and that kind of um, method and the actors that are involved. What I will say is that Elizabeth Moss was not in this as much as I thought she was going to be. So basically, the film is kind of like set in, I think it's. I think it's three parts, but it's kind of like a collection of short films that all kind of blend together, which is very Wes Anderson. We've seen these Prada adverts and the short films before the feature length films. Um, There's definitely certain parts that are stronger than others, but I think that's what you get in any kind of film of that structure. Timothy Chalamet, this is his first film with Wes Anderson. That's right, isn't it? It wasn't in the... What was the last one? I forgot. Isle of Dogs? I'm not sure. It's it's definitely his first, though. Definitely. I feel like... The last couple of years for him have been so busy. I would have remembered. Oh, I know it's exhausting to watch. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. Um, we're not going to talk about Wonka anyway. We'll get back to that later. Um, <laughs> it's he my favorite. Me. He can't hurt me here. He can't hurt me. Look away, the cock cat. Anyway. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. My favourite part is probably um, where Del Toro and Leia do have this lovely little story. And also Adrian Brody's involved in that too, who is, I just think he's brilliant in this film and I can't wait to see him in succession. But yeah, I think there's a, there's a lot going on. It's still very much a great Wes Anderson film. A lot of people were disappointed coming out of it, saying that, oh, it's nothing new. If you're saying that after this Wes Anderson film, what were you saying after all the others? Because I don't think any of the films kind of embraced a sudden new thing. The new thing I did see, which I haven't seen before, is that he blends in animation with um, with the kind of live action. And it's quite funny because it's for those scenes that will be too expensive to shoot with real people, like water balloons coming up. Is it a water balloon? What's it called? There's like a basket and... There's Hot like air big... balloon. Hot air balloon, not water balloon. What's it come from? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was thinking... That doesn't sound right. Um, but I, I did enjoy it. And I think it's, um, you know, I would probably watch it again because it is quite a treat and there's quite a lot of people involved in it. But yeah, I mean, if you're watching with Addison and you're thinking, oh, I'm not getting anything different from this, you're probably not going to enjoy the next five of his films, to be honest. But hey-ho, there you go. Um, another headline gala was Last Night in Soho, which has been quite a debate in topic so obviously the film has been pushed and pushed and pushed and it's been quite quiet hasn't it about what's been said about it and I'm pretty sure this is the premiere I don't Mm. think it's been anywhere else no I don't think it's been anywhere else but it's got its release date in the cinemas I think the end of this month so I don't think it's going anywhere festival wise now interesting yeah I think it was just LFA it might have been Oh wait, no, it was at Venice. You're right because I remember seeing um, them arrive on the, you know, that boat that they do, a very fancy boat when you go into Venice, and you're like, you get your photos done, and Jessica Chastain and Oscar Isaac are snogging on it. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> don't I saw scenes of marriage appear on the sky app last night I was absolutely I was so happy anyway so yeah last night at Soho so I went to go see this again eight o'clock in the morning and considering there was four showings within 10 minutes of each other my screening was dead there was nine of us in there so anyway yeah that just kind of says a lot about the queuing system not so much about the film anticipation so start the film Laverne did you get this speech at your screening yeah you're kind of like uh, him just saying please don't tell anyone don't spoil it get banged basically yeah wasn't it? yeah yeah so basically he said like it was all it was all very nice it was all like you know let's keep so what happens in soho in soho please don't discuss the second act of the film which i don't know if it hindered my watching experience or not Mm, yeah because I was kind of just like okay well what's gonna happen then but (laughs) yeah yeah but the film itself so um Thompson McKenzie who's brilliant she's fantastic she is kind of she's a student she goes to London she's going to study at fashion school we've got this horrible horrible but brilliantly played actor who's what's she called Jaconda Jacinda 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 who's just an absolute bitch and she basically just doesn't like the student life so she moves into this little house in Soho where she's gonna live out her 60s dreams kind of thing but then we start to have this kind of alternative world where Anya Taylor Joy's involved Matt Smith's involved and it's very wild (laughs) it's a lot more I don't know it's I don't I don't really know how to talk about this film which I know on a podcast about films is not the greatest move but it I (laughs) can't speak sorry Structure my words, Levan. Do you want to take the mic? Pressure of Edgar Wright. He's like, he's just out of shot in the and yeah, off screen right now. And he's just pointing the gun at me, like, don't you dare say it. Yeah, I would say like it. The supernatural elements they were shot so well, but the one thing I really liked, kind of spoiler, kind of not, is that like we already knew that she could experience supernatural things and I really I really like that because a lot of the time when you see films um so if it's like a coming of age film where the main protagonist is gay it's about coming out or if you see someone that kind of realizes they have supernatural powers it's like the whole film is about the realization that they have supernatural powers but I really enjoyed this because oh yeah she already has it like she already has it her nan knows like she knows and it's like hey if London's getting too much for you you know like you can come home because you do experience these supernatural things and I really like that because it wasn't like oh let what does what does it do how will she react she already knew like she knew like that she has these visions and she can basically delve into two worlds past and present so I really appreciated that it wasn't like a how how will we figure this out it's like oh no I know I can do this (laughs) this is pretty cool (laughs) Yeah, it was kind of good to be on that even playing field where you're kind of like, okay, well, we know she's got this kind of thing to her, but where is this story taking us? Um, I loved everything that was done in the 60s. I thought Annie Taylor Joy was incredible. I really like Matt Smith in this as well. I rarely enjoy Matt Smith. And then, sorry, I don't know why that come across as hard as it did. Um, but I thought it was very menacing. I thought it was kind of like, do you remember when he did the Ryan Gosling film, Lost River? He was a really good villain. And I think he can be a very good villain, Matt Smith. We don't see that enough in, um, in the stuff that he kind of does. I don't know, maybe debate if he's a villain as Prince Philip, probably. Um, but yeah, I really liked it. A lot of people really hated on this film and I thought it was quite harsh and just a little bit unprofessional at times, the way people spoke about it. I really enjoyed it. I think it's a really great move. I think Edgar Wright's move from that kind of British comedy 
you know, the Kineta trilogy to doing things like Baby Driver, doing things like Last Night in Soho. And obviously he was very heavily involved in Ant-Man, even if he did leave the project. You can still see a lot of Edgar Wright in there. So yeah, I really enjoyed it and I would watch it again. And yeah, I think yeah. that's where people had the problem though. That you people have an idea of what they expect of you. So when you oh. deter from that, people go, Oh, well, I really didn't like that because you did X, Y, Z. It's like, well, these are different projects, honey. Like, <laughs> like they're different. You're not, they're not, it's not going to be like Baby Driver. It's not going to be about the early 2000s when he was doing, you know, um, Hot mm. Fuzz and things like that. It's going to be different. That's the whole point. And that's what exactly. the thing, that's the thing I really hate when people compare because it's like, it's just Edgar Wright is, he's very versatile. You know, you know, when you're seeing a Wes Anderson film, like you said, you know, you understand that you understand that he literally has like the same actors, the same sort of like <laughs> settings and the same sort of like v- the visuals are, are the same. But Baby Drive is very different to Last Night in Soho, which is obviously very different to like the early British comedies. Like, mm-hmm. I think people were being harsh because they are they over familiarize themselves with people like Edgar Wright unfortunately you know well, they, probably because sure the dead's on ITV2 every night so also that's true also true yeah. <laughs> so another gala that we I saw was Ron's Gone Wrong which was the kind of family gala I didn't know what I was expecting with this film but basically um in this world in where kids have a court what you call a bubble bot which is kind of like a robot that gets to know them so kind of like a phone um and it's like their best friend kind of thing and then we have this guy called Barney he's a bit of a loner he's very poor he has a Bulgarian grandmother played by Olivia Coleman played by Olivia Coleman I did not know that. I just discovered that live on the show. <laughs> but yeah, so he gets the, he ends up getting a bubble bot, but it's broken. So it doesn't work as well. And it's a little bit cheeky, but they form this friendship. And he kind of talks and discusses about the whole like children versus technology debate, but he does it really well. It does it in a way where it actually accepts that this is part of our children's lives, that we're never going to not be in a universe where children don't have access to technology. But it's about how we control that and how we can monitor that and make it safe and make it, you know, accessible. I thought it was really funny. It made me cry because it talked a lot about how like friendship in younger children is usually dictated by wealth because the rich kids hang together, the poor kids hang together, the loner kids, you know, it is very much how that's how it works in the world still. And I thought it was really, really well made. And um, yeah, I don't know what happened to the Liam Payne song, but I still think it was a good film without it. Um, But yeah, it's really good. Obviously, if you like kids animation, go see this. But I think it's just a really great film to watch anyway. Like I do still enjoy um, children's animation films, even now. Even now, I said like I'm 49 years of age. Um, But yeah, I really liked it. But they're the galas we saw. Um, None of us were lucky to see Spencer. And I think Lost Daughter and Mother in Sunday, they were quite the popular ones as well. And Belfast and King Richard. So yeah, but they're all coming out. Like you said, they're all coming out of the cinema in like three weeks. So yeah, Yeah. it will be cool. That's us for another week. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe or hit the follow button on Spotify. You can also find us on Twitter at NotHavingItPod and Instagram at Pictures. Reviews are really helpful for a little independent show like ours. So if you can leave a few words in Apple Podcasts, we'd love you forever. And if you have a suggestion for an episode topic or have a question to ask, just pop us an email at info at or drop us a DM on social media. We'll be back soon. Bye, guys.